0: Hi, everyone. Most likely, you admire generous people, don't you? But who would you guess is the most generous person in America, according to information found in the January 2022 issue of Forbes magazine? Would it be George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah Winfrey, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett? And according to Forbes, one of those is given $46.1 billion in his lifetime, another $33.4 billion, another $18.1 billion, another $3 billion, another $2.1 billion. And one doesn't actually even show up on the list. Do you think you could match the person with the amount that they've given to date? And then guess who doesn't even make the list? Well, I'm going to tell you in this episode, but spoiler alert, I'll also tell you why none of these people even come close qualifying as generous people, and how that revelation shows us how we go about training ourselves to admire uh, things and people that will shape our character in the best way. Hi, I'm Doug Newton, pastor for 45 years, national award-winning magazine editor and author of 24 books. And this is At the Intersection with Doug Newton, where scripture, culture, and character meet I'm here to help you pursue the kind of character needed to align with Scripture faithfully and to engage culture graciously. Now, each week, I make one observation about our culture. I give one insight from the Bible that speaks to that issue. And I suggest one way to strengthen the character that you and I need to relate to our mixed up world with exemplary grace and fresh impact. Now, this is a no gripe zone. Our question is not what's wrong with our culture. It's about what's the right way to respond. Now, first of all, if you remember in our previous three podcasts uh, of this, uh, this topic on admiration, we've learned so far that admiration is transformative. We become like what we admire. But we learned that you can't admire what you don't notice And our overstimulated culture keeps us so preoccupied that we rush through life without paying attention to what's admirable. So we have to conquer preoccupation, and and that's what we looked at at the second of the four episodes on this topic of admiration. But then in the third episode, we recognize that we're never going to conquer preoccupation until we get our egocentricity under control, our focus on ourselves, and practice giving our attention not just to our own interests, but to the interests of others. And once we get over the obstacles of preoccupation and egocentricity, then we're going to be ready to pay more attention and be transformed by admiring what's admirable. But now, we need to identify what's admirable, what character traits are worth admiring, and what is the epitome of those traits. So, did you, guess, did you make your guess about the people and, and what they've given? Here's the answers. Warren Buffett gave $46.1 billion. Bill Gates gave 33.4 billion. George Soros gave 18 point. This is over the over their lifetime. This is how much they've given cumulatively. And I put the point ones and the point threes in there because I mean stop and think about it. Point 0.1 of a billion is a hundred million dollars, right? So we need to put the point ones in there. I'd like to have one point of one point of all of that, wouldn't wouldn't you? So Mark Zuckerberg gave three point oh. Billion and Jeff Bezos comes in at 2.1 billion, and Oprah Winfrey was the one who did not make that list. But now, hopefully, you're thinking something right now. You're thinking is generosity based solely on the amount of of money that people give? Is that what generosity is about? And that's a great question. But you see, that is how our culture thinks. Our culture is a rank order culture based on superior performance. You know, the fastest, the tallest, the winningest. You know, we go after the goats, the greatest of all time. We admire superlatives. We don't applaud people who are smarter than average. We cheer for those who are smartest. We don't fawn over someone who's prettier than most. We crown the prettiest we don't celebrate the number twos. We only throw ticker tape parades for the number ones. We push through the crowd, past the good and the better, in order to take selfies, you know, with the best. That's our culture. But perhaps your intuition is saying something different right now, and that, that there's something wrong with wh- what we choose to admire and how we go about making that decision So let's go back to this list of America's most generous people and ask another question that maybe came to your mind. Beyond how much they gave, how much did they still have for themselves? (laughs) And when you hear this information, for you on video, you're going to get to see it. For you listening by audio, I apologize. Uh, There's kind of a lot of numbers here, but I, I think you'll be able to follow. When you hear and see this information, I think you're going to be shocked. So let's look. Warren Buffett, yes, gave $4.61 billion, $46.1 4, billion, but his current net worth remains at $115.6 Bill Gates gave $33.4 billion but his net worth remains at 103 133.3 billion. You see, I can't even read numbers this big. George Soros, this is interesting. He over his lifetime he's given 18.1 billion but and and his current net worth is 8.6 billion. So, he's actually given more than what his current net worth is. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> Oh yes, good old Mark has given 3.0 billion over his lifetime. Granted, it's a rather young life at this point, but his net worth remains at at 112.8 billion and Jeff Bezos, Mr. Amazon himself, has given 2.1 billion, but his net worth currently is at 184.8 billion. Now, This is also interesting if we just look at uh, the percentage of the current net worth in relation uh, to what that person's given over his lifetime. So let's look at Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has given 40% of his current net worth. Bill Gates has given 25% of his current net worth. George Soros has given 210% of his current net worth. Mark Zuckerberg has given 2.7% of his and Jeff Bezos, hey, 1.1%. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that these are filthy rich people for keeping so much money for themselves, but they have tons and tons of money still in hand, right? But I'm giving you information that helps to make the point that you're already sensing generosity should not be measured by how much you give away, but how much you give away in relation to how much you keep for yourself. And this leads me to the main point of the podcast today. We have to be careful about what we choose to admire, who we choose to admire, and why we choose to admire them. We can't be controlled by our culture that pushes us toward admiring, you know, the best in class based on outscoring everyone else. We need a more uh, sophisticated way of identifying what deserves to be considered best in class. Because admiration is transformative to our character. Only if we are admiring someone representative of true, truly good character will our, our own character be transformed. And while every one of these people has given away billions of dollars, to be sure, not one of them, not one of them deserve to be applauded or admired as generous for that reason, because... In some cases, they've given away, yes, tons and tons of money, but it's it's made no dent in them at all. They still have the entire life that they want to have, right? And that brings me to this word for the day, epitome, and how it's usually misunderstood, myself included, and what it actually means. You see, I used to think something is an epitome if it ranks on the very top of some standard of measurement. You see, most people think that to say she's an, she is the epitome of an Olympic athlete means that she is the best in her sport and necessarily has at least one gold medal, right? I mean, you, you, don't you have to have a gold To to be the epitome? No. As a matter of fact, the actual meaning of epitome does not have to do with the highest in a rank, in some kind of ranking. Epitome actually means, now get this, a summary of something. Something is an epitome if it's a summary. So when you say she's the epitome of an Olympic athlete, that means she is kind of a summary You know, the sum total of what it means to be an Olympic athlete. And you know, there are hundreds of Olympic athletes who never get medals, and yet they're Olympic athletes. So a person can be the epitome of an Olympic athlete and never get a gold medal, never be standing on the top step of the award ceremony. So what's the big deal about making sure we think of the word epitome? accurately as a summary rather than the highest achiever. It's important because it points us in a better direction for discovering what is worthy of our admiration. That's what we're searching for. So let's go back to this issue of generosity. Here's a practical example to show the difference. Let's say I'm looking for someone who is the epitome of generosity again. So I watch 10 people give money away to help someone in financial need, and I see one person who gives $1,000 while the other nine give only $50 each. If I think the epitome is the one at the top of the heap, I will be tempted to say that the person who gave $1,000 is the epitome of generosity and place them on a pedestal like our culture does. But rather than searching for the one who gave the most, we should ask, what all is involved in generosity? And that shift in focus causes us to consider more fully the entire nature of generosity, not just one aspect of it. And and that's what we began doing with this list of America's supposed most generous people. We added the proviso that part of the true measure of generosity is not how much you give, but how much you keep for yourself, you see. So we're we're fleshing out what true generosity is. And, and so now I think, a good time for me to bring some scripture in for a little bit of reinforcement. You remember the time that Jesus and the disciples watched rich people filing into the temple, giving large sums of money, the text says, to the temple treasury as they entered? But then in contrast, a poor widow placed only a penny's worth in the plate. And so Jesus had to give his disciples a lesson in (laughs) epitomes. That's what's going on here. He's turning to his disciples, and and he actually calls his disciples. whom He wants them to get this lesson, and he says to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. You see how how he is, he's just redefining generosity here. But now let's keep going in our quest to epitomize generosity, because there's actually more to consider. Think back to those 10 people. Maybe that one person gave a 1000 and true, that's $950 more than anyone else. But maybe... (laughs) He is a critical, judgmental person who does not give people the benefit of the doubt. And maybe we notice that he doesn't give other people a chance to finish their sentences before he speaks because he thinks he's got more important things to say. And and maybe he doesn't give credit to the efforts of other people when they deserve credit. Or, Or maybe he doesn't give gratitude for the help that he receives at the contributions of others. You see, right there, there there are four ways generosity behaves besides just giving money away. And, And maybe one of the other nine, someone who gave only $50, is regularly generous in all these other ways. That person should more properly be considered the epitome of generosity and become someone to admire and emulate. So a proper understanding of epitome prompts us to search out the best and the broadest understanding of a particular trait first and then and only then we start looking for people who embody that trait most fully that's the epitome that's what you need to be searching for when it comes to finding what deserves to be admired as you as you make your way toward improving your character you're looking for the epitome of people representing certain traits so I want to I want to point you to three steps that you can take in your search for an epitome. First, start with a practical definition of good character traits. You can go to the dictionary, but over the years I found that dictionary definitions are often shall we say somewhat sterile. <laughs> so 3 years ago I spent weeks working on my own definitions of 12 character traits that I decided are foundational to good character. I picked out courage, diligence, generosity, gratitude, honesty, humility, industry, integrity, perseverance, resourcefulness, respect, and vigor. They became what I call the 12 target traits in my flagship course on character improvement that I call ways to improve your character and everything else. But here's something I also did. I also created an online assessment module to help people identify which of those traits they might benefit the most from improving. And then if they were interested, they could purchase a learning and an exercise module that focused on improving that one particular trait. I don't know anybody else taking this approach to character development, and so I kind of jumped into that that gap and tried to fill it with this particular course. So, for example, if the assessment module identified that a person could use some strengthening of the trait of diligence, let's say. They would they would purchase the diligence module that includes 12 teaching videos and, and a book of 30 exercises specifically designed for strengthening the trait of diligence. Now, this isn't a sales webinar, but I do want you to know how important this idea of admiring and pursuing particular traits really is that I spent these couple years developing this course, and I spent weeks trying to come up with practical definitions as the starting point. I call them the blue jeans definitions because they're practical, they're earthy, they're everyday, and you can walk around in them and understand them. But you know how every week I supply a free crosswalk guide, you know, to give you practical helps for improving your character that's related to the topic of that week's uh, podcast? Well, this week, <laughs> in line with my commitment to provide value added free materials to my podcast audience, this week's po- uh, Crosswalk is free access to the downloadable definitions of the 12 target traits so that you can have a copy you can you could you can read these definitions you can soak them in and they begin to help you shape your understanding of what it is that you're looking for as you search for the epitome of these traits but but not only that i'm also going to give you free access to the assessment module that you can use for looking at what traits you might want to work on in your own life this happens to be a ten dollar add-on to the course that I offer but I want to give it to you uh, and everybody listening here for the next few days and maybe a couple weeks so that you can get it for free and when when you get that I'm also giving you a link to two videos that will help you understand how to use and interpret this assessment once you've used it I just I just really want to give this to you. And and whether a person ever takes the course or not, that that isn't what I'm concerned about. In fact, you're going to get so much mileage out of just this, you may not ever even need to get the course. It just helps a lot to have a clear, practical definition of good character traits in mind. And you're going to find the target trait definitions really helpful. All you have to do is drop me an email at this address, info at freshimpact.com. Info at FreshImpact.com. Now, this link is also in the description of this podcast below, and it's also going to be at the end of this video version of the podcast. But I I hope you'll sign up for this, and and I'll send it to you, and it will be for free. And I think you're going to love taking the uh, assessment module as well. Now, the second thing you do in searching for epitomies is to not just have a definition— Of a character trait that's really workable and practical, but to have a real-life image of that epitome. I mean, this is where you start looking around at people in your life to admire those who epitomize particular traits that you want to improve. For example, let's say you want to improve the trait of gratitude. So you're looking for a person who doesn't focus on what other people owe him or her. And you're looking for a person who says thanks a lot and very easily. It just is natural. to. And you're looking for a person who backs up words of thanks with actions that really prove how much they appreciate what someone's done for them. See, that's part of the epitome of gratitude. And you're looking for a person who demonstrates gratitude that you admire like that. Now, Sometimes the whole trait is bigger than any one person that you may know. So, but you can get around that. In order to hold the image of gratitude in your mind, all you have to do is simply form a composite image by taking a part of one person and combining that with a different aspect of another person. So, for example, you might say, well, I really want to be like Jim, who always says thanks, and I'd like to be like Steve, who brings little gifts to his wife without being prompted by holidays. And I'd like to be like Ramona. She never seems to miss noticing even the little kindnesses of strangers in her life and thanks them. You see, you're finding different aspects of this broader view of gratitude in different people, but you start to build by putting those different people in your mind, a composite image of Gratitude and what it looks like, even though all these characteristics may not be found in any one person. See, you can still see in your mind and in your heart what that composite person, what that epitome is like. And you you admire those people. So, to recap, you need a practical definition of an epitome in mind and then have an image of the people who epitomize that trait. But finally, you still have to become a fan. Of that epitome. I mean, stop and think about it. what's a fan do. If you're a fan, <laughs> you do things like buy T-shirts and coffee mugs with team logos on it. You wear sports star jerseys. You go to the group's concerts. Uh, you download their music. You tell your friends. You join an online group. You imitate their home decorating style. You 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 wear the clothes they like to wear. You put posters up on your wall. In other words, you do things that register your enjoyment, your allegiance, your affirmation, your appreciation. You may follow them on Facebook or on Instagram. You may even seek out that person or some associated venue and take a few selfies, you know. You get an autograph. You collect other memorabilia. You try to get, you know, kids or friends to like your team, your star, your music. That's what a fan does. And that's what admiration does. In fact, admiration, in order to be true admiration, has to be expressed. It needs an outlet in order to live. Admiration will die if it doesn't have a way of expression. See, here's how it works. Character feeds off of admiration, and admiration feeds off of expression. So, to make the most of your natural capacity to admire good character, it's important to become a fan of people who epitomize those traits And that's why in every character exercise book that I've written, I include a couple of exercises to help you express your fanhood, (laughs) to to reach out to people that you admire and show you how to relate to them, kind of like a fan for the ways in which they are impressing you, the way they are influencing you. Well, that's it for this week. So, hey, you know, if you're becoming a fan of this podcast— uh, would you just share it with your friends? Did you know that people-to-people recommendations are the major way podcasts get found? And please subscribe to my Fresh Impact YouTube channel. I mean, that's that's how more people are going to actually find this. And, and again, I'm hearing from so many people how important. In some cases, people have talked about it as kind of just changing their life and the way that they're working through life. And by the way, within 24 hours, I'll have a permanent version on YouTube, not just this live replay on Facebook or the YouTube live section. I'll have the audio version available for those who won't get a chance to watch it online but can listen to it on the go. And all the information about the podcast past and future can be found on our website. All the links can be found at the end of this video as well. You know, if you're feeling like you're part of something worthwhile, if you think this podcast is and and hope it will continue to be a valuable resource, would you just leave me a comment, send me an email, Uh, even send me some thoughts about what you might like me to address in the future. I'd love to hear from you. So thanks so much for tuning in. I'm already looking forward to next week when I'll be addressing, now get this, the best way to love yourself. I hope you'll join me again next week at the intersection with Doug Newton. And remember, start searching for epitomies. It will change your life. See you later.